are excited to be here in God's house. I can say I was very excited for today until Pastor Chris called me yesterday around 4 p.m. asking me to preach. <laughs> I was like, of course, Pastor, I'd love to. <laughs> I mean, Dad, you preached one of your best messages I have ever heard on the platform last week. Can anybody attest to that? Were you blessed? He preached on God's perfect timing and, and trusting in him. And if you haven't already, I encourage you, go to your MyFCM app and watch it and share it with your friends because you will be blessed. You know, it's going to be a tough act to follow, guys. If I'm honest with you, I'm a little nervous. I was like, Dad, why couldn't you have preached on tithing or giving last week? Then that would have made this message a lot better. I'm just kidding. But in all honesty, guys, I am excited to share God's word with you. Before I preach, though, I like to pray that God would be the center of this message and that he would completely remove me from the equation. So can we bow our heads and pray over today's message? Lord, I pray, Jesus, that it would be you who speaks in me and through me, God. Lord, I pray, Jesus, that you would just completely remove me, Lord, so that your people are able to receive your word, Lord. I pray a blessing over today's message, Lord. I pray, Jesus, that it would fall on fertile soil, Lord, and produce much fruit in this new year, God. And we proclaim, Jesus, that you will get all the honor and all the glory from it. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen, guys. So it's the new year, right? This is the time of the year where we're expected to and asked to write down our goals some of your goals might sound like losing 10 pounds, maybe buying that new car that you've always wanted or, or getting out of debt. Others of you might be wanting to remodel your kitchen or your, or your bathroom. And while all those goals are good, guys, I'm afraid that they miss the mark because they fail to include God. Today, we're going to discuss how we can set God-centered goals for our life. Because maybe instead of merely just getting out of debt, God wants you to become a good financial steward that is able to sow generously back into the kingdom. Maybe instead of merely losing 10 pounds, God wants you to recognize this year that you are a vessel for the Holy Spirit, that your body is a temple and that he wants you to take care of it. So today we're going to discuss how we can set those God-centered goals. But where do we get started? The first thing we have to do, point number one, is we have to get comfortable crying out to God. When was the last time, church, that you cried out to God? That you found yourself on your knees asking God for direction, asking him to give you guidance, Asking him for a vision for your life. If you're honest with yourself, maybe it's been too long. Or maybe you've never humbled yourself to the point where you're on your knees crying out to God for help. Others of us might have already cried out to God and the Lord has given you a word or a vision for your life or a goal. But you've yet to complete it. You see, at the start of the new year, we're always eager to have fresh vision, right? But what if we didn't do the previous revelation that God asked us to? 
You see, God can't bless us with a new if we haven't fulfilled what he's already called us to do, church. Others of us might just feel discouraged. And we need to ask God to help us re-engage this new year. Ask him to inspire us to dream big again for our lives. So how do we cry out to God, church? Any ideas? I have an answer for you, and it's shockingly simple. We complain. Yes, I am giving you all permission to complain this year. And I know a lot of you Bible thumpers are saying, get her off the platform right now. I know that complaining is a sin. In James 5, 9, it says, don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. Yes, the Bible says we shouldn't complain about each other, that we shouldn't use our words to tear one another down. So I don't want to hear any of you going to Pastor Chris complaining about today's message, okay? You see, we're not supposed to complain about each other, but it's okay if we bring our complaints and our anxieties and our cares before the throne of God. In fact, King David wrote Psalms as a lamentation to the Lord, bringing his request and his complaints before God. Let's go to Psalms 142. David says, with my voice, I cry out to the Lord. With my voice, I plead for your mercy, God. I pour out my complaints before you, and I tell you my troubles. David wasn't the only person in the Bible that brought his request before God, though. I don't know if you guys know this, but Habakkuk also did. If you don't know Habakkuk, he was a prophet in the Old Testament during the southern reign of Israel when Babylon had just taken over. He also brought his complaints before God. During the time that he lived, his people neglected to follow the Torah. They were practicing idolatry and they were corrupt and unjust. Any similarities, you guys? Our world, there maybe. No, okay, you don't believe me. All right, let's go to Habakkuk 1. Let's see if you guys can find any similarities between Israel's society at this time and our world. Habakkuk says, How long, O Lord, must I call for your help? But you do not listen. Violence is everywhere. I cry, but you do not come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Must I watch all of this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I am surrounded by people who love to argue. If you don't believe this relates to us, I challenge you. Get a Facebook account, guys. The law has become paralyzed, and there is no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous, so that justice has become perverted. Now, do we notice any similarities? I think that our society can identify with Habakkuk's complaints because a lot of us feel like we're living in a modern day Babylon. Let's think about it. We're facing economic challenges and financial hardships. There's a great strain on all of our relationships and our marriages. It's difficult to raise godly children in an immoral fallen society. And more than that, there seems to be new corruption and wickedness and injustice around every corner. So this year, guys, I am giving you permission to bring your complaints, your requests, your fears, your anxieties before the throne of God. And I know what you're thinking. Some of you are saying, 
Pastor Raquel, already do that. In fact, I am an excellent complainer. I complain almost every day, all day long. I complain about how my wife never fills up the car and it's always on E. I complain about how my husband throws his dirty clothes right beside the dirty clothes hamper instead of in the dirty clothes hamper. I complain about how my kids like to leave every light in the house on and leave all the drawers open in the kitchen. I think we're missing the point, guys. Yes, we're supposed to bring our complaints before God. But we have to be careful that we don't get comfortable in a cycle of complaining. You see, you might not be hearing from God because he can't get a word in edgewise. Lamentations 3.25 says this. God proves to be good to the man who patiently waits. To the woman who diligently seeks him. It's a good thing, guys, to quietly hope. To quietly hope from help from your God. It's a good thing when you're young to stick it out through the hard times. When life is heavy and hard to take, go off by yourself. Enter the silence. Bow in prayer. Don't ask questions. Wait for hope to appear. You see, once you've cried out to God, once you've made your request and your complaints known to him, church, we have to wait to hear his response. You have to be comfortable in the silence, waiting to hear from him. In fact, after Habakkuk complained, he waited for God to respond to him. This is what he said. I will stand at my watch, God. I will station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what you will tell me, God. Habakkuk waited on the Lord. God actually taught me this just this past year in December. I don't know about you guys, but at the end of the year, I feel worn out. I'm tired. I'm barely making it. It's difficult to do the tasks that I normally do throughout the year. And I found myself at the end of the year, we get one week off for Christmas at the church. And I was exhausted emotionally, physically, spiritually. So I brought my complaints before God. And I said, Lord, I have no energy. You need to help me. All I want to do is sleep, God. I feel like I can't keep going. Two years ago, before the pandemic, we had over 100 students at Rush every Wednesday. Now I can barely get 50 there. Lord, you need to bless me. Jesus, have mercy on me. Son of day. Have you guys been there at the end of the year? Or is it, is it just me? I'm the bad Christian. You see, I was complaining and I was bringing my request to God. And I think he told me during that, that I was supposed to rest. I think that's what he said. You see, I was pretty loud when I was speaking to him. So I took what he said and I said, okay, this week when I'm off, I'm going to rest. I'm going to sleep all day. I went to bed at 10 PM and I said to my husband, don't wake me up. God will wake me up when it's time. So around 11 ish, I woke up, I rolled out of bed. I'm a good wife. So I made my husband lunch And then I sat down again and I found myself around 3 p.m. nodding off. My husband Christian says, Raquel, you can't go to sleep at 3 p.m. You need to wake up. You need to do something. And I looked at him and I told him, God told me to rest. Get behind me, Satan. I'm taking this nap. But guys, I wish I could tell you that fixed the problem. But at the end of the week, I felt more discouraged. 
I felt more worn out. I was sleeping 12 plus hours a day, but the moment I woke up, I was ready to go back to bed. So I went back to the drawing board. I got on my knees and instead of complaining, I sat in the silence and I got comfortable waiting on God to respond to me. And instead of just rest in that silence, he was able to speak to me clearly. And I heard his voice and he says, you don't just need to rest physically, Raquel. You need to rest spiritually in my presence. You see, I was worn out and I thought a nap was going to fix it. But God was telling me, you prepare all week songs to lead the congregation into worship. But when was the last time that you let me sing over you, Raquel? That you let me fill your heart? You see, you might think that you're receiving the word because you prepare a word all week for your rush students. But when was the last time you just read my word and meditated on it? And let me preach to you and let me speak to you. You see, I was doing a good job at crying out to God, but I wasn't silent enough to hear exactly what he wanted from me. I believe that the Lord is trying to speak to you. If you would just be still in his presence, church. At the beginning of the year, after I was renewed and refreshed, God was able to finally speak a fresh vision and a fresh purpose for my new year. So get comfortable crying out and then wait for the Lord's response. Number two, whatever God's response is, church, we have to have faith. After the Lord heard Habakkuk's complaints, he responded by saying, I am well aware that Israel is corrupt. In fact, Habakkuk, I already have a plan in place. I am going to summon the armies of Babylon to help control and to help correct and rebuke Israel. What? Okay, Habakkuk was not happy with this response, all right? In fact, he was understandably upset and unsatisfied with it. He said, oh Lord, our rock, you have sent these Babylonians to correct us, to punish us for our many sins, but you are pure and cannot stand the sight of evil. Will you wink at their treachery? Should you be silent while the wicked swallow up people more righteous than they? Habakkuk was basically telling God, okay, God, I know we're bad. But at least we're not as bad as those Babylonians. I mean, God, can't you just send like a plague of locusts or how about seven years of famine? That would be much better than this. I know we look down at Habakkuk and we think, how dare he question God? How dare he say that to the God Almighty? But guys, if we're honest with ourselves, we do the same thing. Once God tells us the vision for our lives, our response is, Lord, I don't like it. I'm not feeling it, God. Why don't, why don't I have the same life that my neighbor has? Or, you know, why can't I get that promotion like my coworker? Or why aren't my kids as well behaved as Pastor Chris's kids? I'm just kidding. <laughs> but guys, our response when God tells us his vision for our lives shouldn't be to question him. Instead, we should respond in faith. You see, we may not understand the plan that God has for us, but I want to remind us and encourage us here today that God is for you. And if he be for you, nothing and no one can stand against you. But some of us might need to encounter a Babylon this year. 
In fact, I believe that the Lord is going to use the Babylons that we face to remove the unrighteousness that is holding us back from fulfilling his vision for our lives. He is going to use the Babylons that we face to fashion us for his purpose and to prepare us for his blessings. Ephesians 4.22 says, Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit of God renew your attitudes and your thoughts. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. How can we live out God's purpose for our life if we're still struggling with the same old sins and bad attitudes? You see, I believe that God wants to bless us with the new this year, but we can't experience that until we throw out the old. I believe that the Lord is going to challenge us today and this week to really evaluate our lives and to possibly throw out old people. Okay, I'm not talking about your grandma. (laughs) I'm talking about those people that claim to be Christians but aren't sowing godly seeds into your life. I'm talking about toxic people on your Facebook. Those people like we talked about in Habakkuk that just love to argue and love to fight. I'm talking about possibly some old habits and some, and some bad attitudes that we have clung to and they've become our identity. Maybe some of us need to reprioritize our lives We need to get rid of some hobbies so that we can make more time for God. And most of all, guys, we have to exercise our faith this year. We have to exercise our faith. In Hebrews 11, it says, The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's how we handle what we can't see. Our faith in God needs to be the foundation for our lives this new year. Faith is how you handle what you can't see or understand. If 2020 and 2021 has taught us anything, guys, is that humans have no clue what's happening. I mean, think about it. We have been putting our trust in government officials. We have been putting our trust in the CDC. We're probably going to get blocked for just saying that out loud. We've been putting our trust in the economy and finances. We've been putting our trust in doctors. We've been putting our trust in our spouses or our bosses. But can I tell you, that will all fail and all fall short. But the only thing that we can stand firm in is our salvation through Jesus Christ and his word and his truth. You see, we may not know what 2022 holds, but can I tell you, faith is how you handle what you don't know, can't understand, and can't see. You see, once you've cried out to God, and he's given you a word, and you've responded to him faith, you have to lastly, number three, write down the vision that God has given you. After hearing Habakkuk's second complaint, this is how the Lord replied to him. Write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. The vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled, church. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently. 
for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. I believe once you cry out and you get comfortable in the waiting, God will meet you there. He's going to give you a vision. Our job is to write it down. You see, as humans, we often forget. We forget things constantly. You can ask your kids to pick up something from the store. They're going to forget. You can ask your husband to deeth all the chicken before you get home. He might forget. But God's word, guys, we have to write it down. It has to be something that, that we take seriously. You see, Pastor Chris told me in between services, in fact, that if you write something down, you are over 50 times more likely to actually accomplish your goal. You've won half the battle by just writing down the vision that God has given you. But I think oftentimes we fail to write it down because we're afraid. We're afraid of actually living out what God has called us to. Maybe we think that we don't have the resources or, or the talent or the time or the ability. Can I tell you, wherever God speaks vision, he always gives provision, church. I have never seen the righteous forsaken or going without. So I want to encourage you guys, write your vision plainly, somewhere where you can see it every day. For some of you, it might be the refrigerator. For others of you, it might be the bathroom mirror, but where you spend the most time. And once you've written it down, I want you guys to invite your family in on it. And here it says that he wrote the vision down plainly so that they could carry the messages to others. You see, when God speaks something to your heart, it's often not meant just to bless you, but it's meant to bless your spouse and your children and those who are closest to you. And once you've been given that vision, I want you to go back to God and ask him for one word that can help encapsulate what your vision is. You see, when God speaks to me, sometimes it's subtle, but sometimes it's heavy. Sometimes it's a lot, and it's hard for me to remember that throughout the year when I have my tasks and life gets busy. So I know that Pastor Chris had a big vision for us, and we had an hour staff meeting about it. One hour. He told us, though, he knew we were human and we were probably going to forget, so he prayed for one word for us to live out this year as a staff and as a church. Increase. That's the word that God gave Pastor Chris. So as his, his daughter and his coworker. I prayed for a word that would help honor and advance his vision for our house. I went to God and he gave me the word excellence. That's my word for this year. I know in order to steward the increase that Pastor Chris is believing for us, I have to serve excellently as unto the Lord. So I encourage you guys, write down the vision that God has given you. Put it somewhere where your entire family can see it and then pray for that one word that you can live out this new year. Amen? So guys, we have to remember that we're carrying out God's vision, not our own. I know that I'm probably speaking to a majority of you that fall into two groups. There's one group of you who are planners. Those are the people that came in smiling ear to ear because they knew that we were talking about goals today. Those are the people who bring their highlighters to write their notes, not just their pens. Those are the people who already have everything lined up on their calendar and their year planned out. And I know that you were the first person to go to Hobby Lobby to pick up that planner. 
but there's some of us that I like to call optimistic, optimistic pessimist. Those are the people that choose not to plan because you don't want to be disappointed, right? You don't want to experience the failure. So you're just going to prepare for the worst. And if God wants to bless you, eh, give it or take it. But can I encourage you guys, whether you're planning for the best or preparing for the worst, it doesn't matter because God's plan is going to prevail for your life. Proverbs 16, 9 says this, we can make our plans but the Lord is the one who determines our steps. Proverbs 19.21 says, You can make all the plans in the world, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. You see, you can make great plans, guys. But if they're not God's plans for your life, they're not going to come to pass. I like, uh, I wasn't going to say this, but my dad always told me um, when he was lovingly directing me, also called disciplining me. We can do this the easy way, or we can do this the hard way. You know, you're going to do what I've asked you to, Raquel. You can do it kicking and screaming, or you can do it with a good attitude. And I really believe that's how the Lord deals with us. He's telling us, children, this new year, we can do it the easy way, or we can do it the hard way. You can do what I've called you to do, or you can fight me on it. And five years down the road, we'll finally get to do what you were supposed to do in 2022. So once you've been given a vision from God, we have to faithfully walk it out. It will only come to pass if we follow him in obedience. And likely you won't be given the second, the third, or the fourth step until you do the first one with an obedient heart. Deuteronomy 5.33 says this, So be very careful to act exactly as the Lord commands you. Not to obey him halfway, but completely, guys. Don't veer off to the right or to the left. Stay on the road that God commands you straight ahead so that you'll have the good life and live a long time in the land that you're about to possess. I always tell my rush students this. There are blessings and peace in obedience. You don't have to worry about your future. You don't have to look over your shoulder when you're walking in the peace that comes from obeying your heavenly father. You can rest assured, church, that you're going to live the good life this new year if you would simply trust in him. And lastly, remember that God's timing is perfect. Remember what Pastor Chris said last week. The timing is God's business. Our business is to trust him. How do we trust him? The Lord tells Habakkuk in Habakkuk 2.4 to look at the proud. They trust in themselves. And their lives are crooked. But the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. That's how you trust in God. You live by faith. And I know what some of you are thinking. Sure, Raquel, it's easy for you to put your trust in God because the Lord's spoken to you. The Lord has never in one day ever given me a word or a vision or encouraged me, or spoken to me. But I have news for you guys. The Lord has spoken to you. The Lord has given you a vision. In his word, there are promises, there are plans, there are blessings, there are visions, there are direction for your life. And I believe that the Lord wants to speak to you privately and personally this year. 
But he might start out by simply saying, read my word, child, and live by it. We've got to start with the first step. Open up God's word, meditate on it, and I promise you that the Lord will speak to you and it will come to pass. So as the music starts playing, I want to encourage you guys to trust in God's timing for 2022. I know that the Lord desires to bless you. I know that God desires to speak to your heart. And I know that it might be difficult for some of y'all because you've never seen a miracle. But can I tell you it's coming? Others of you might have never experienced a breakthrough before. But I want to encourage you and say that God is preparing one for you and your family. Some of us might have experienced a serious financial or spiritual drought these past two years. Can I tell you that God is ready to open up the floodgates and bless you like never before? If you would just trust in him, if you would just trust in him, Habakkuk ends with saying this, I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. Guys, this is so encouraging to me because guess what? He was still experiencing adversity when he wrote this. The Babylonians were still in control of Israel. The world might have told him, Habakkuk, why are you joyful? You should still be complaining. God isn't for you. Look at look at you. You're surrounded by the enemy. But he had a peace that surpasses all understanding because his foundation was on Jesus Christ. So how do you put your faith in Jesus? By living out God's word and by building your life on the foundation of it. Matthew 7.20 says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, church, because it had its foundation on the rock. Amen. That encourages me for my family, for our house, for this church this year. Guys, it's not by accident that Pastor Chris named our church foundation. That means when the world gets difficult, and it already is, we can stand without fear knowing that God is for us. And our foundation is strong in Him. You see, when the winds come against you, church, when the rain pours down this year, you do not have to be fearful because you know your home and your life will not be shaken if your foundation is in Jesus Christ. So I have a question for you. Are you building your life based on God's word? Are you making your goals based on God's word? Are you planning your year and setting out a vision that is based on what you want or what God wants for you? And does your home have a firm foundation? Because I'm going to be honest with you. The enemy is going to try to intimidate you and distract you this year because he does not want you to live out the plan and purpose that God is about to speak to you or already has. And when the rains come 
And when the wind comes, I want us to all stand secure in our faith, knowing that we serve Jesus Christ, who cannot be shaken. And our word is in Him. Amen. So in this year, I want to make two simple challenges and and invitations to you with, with every head bowed and with every eye closed. I believe right now, and as God's word was being preached, that the Lord was already releasing some of you from, from expectations and desires that the world has tried to weigh you down with. I believe that the Lord is giving giving fresh vision to some of you and, and newfound hope for your new year. For others of you, I believe that the Lord is renewing your strength so that you can stand in front of the face of adversity like Habakkuk and say that my joy is found in Jesus Christ. My first invitation is for for those of you who have never cried out to God. Maybe you feel like you're at the end of your rope. You're ready to give up. You've been trying to do it in your own strength for too long. And the Lord is just speaking to your heart right now. Cast your cares on me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Give me your complaints. Give me your concerns. If that's you and, and you're ready to cry out to God and you, you want to stop doing it in your own strength, just between you and God, can you raise your hand? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. If, if you're ready to just... Just humbly come before the throne of God and say, Lord, help me. Give me fresh vision for this year. Just raise your hand. Amen. My second invitation is for those of you who have already been been given a word from Jesus, have already been given a goal or a vision for your life, and and you've, you've failed to accomplish it. Maybe you've been distracted by the busyness of this world. Maybe, maybe you've made excuses because you felt like you weren't enough and now you know with Jesus all things are possible. Maybe you've just simply been afraid and God wants to give you boldness. If you've been given a word from Jesus and you have yet to complete it, can you just raise your hand? And I'm raising my hand right there with you because I want to pray that the Lord would give us boldness this year. That the Lord would give us a zeal for Him. That the Lord would give us passion to be able to live out what He has called us to. Because wherever He speaks vision, He always provides provision for our lives. Amen. And then lastly, I want to make one more invitation because I believe this might just be for one family. If your foundation has been shaken by this world these past two years, if you've lost your hope or your desire to trust in God, if the world has come against you with the wind and the rain and you want to consecrate your home and your family this new year to Jesus Christ, can you raise your hand? Amen. Because I want to pray for you that the Lord would give you ownership of your home again. That the Lord would give you influence over your family again. That the Lord would give you words of life to speak over your spouse and your children. Amen. I want to pray for you for every hand that was raised. God, I pray, Jesus, first for my brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord, who have not yet cried out to you, or maybe it's been a while, Lord. I pray, Jesus, that you... Give them the courage to fall on their knees 
and to humbly and diligently seek you, God. I pray, Jesus, that they would just put all of their complaints on your throne, God. And I pray, Jesus, that they would respond in silence after that, ready for you to speak, God, and that you would reveal your will and your plan and your purpose in their lives, Lord. God, I also pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ who have already been given vision and a word for their lives. Maybe it was last week. Maybe it was 10 years ago, Lord. We know, Jesus, that your plan and your purpose never fails, Lord. So I pray, God, that you would give them exactly what they need. If it's boldness, God, if it's a desire to obey Jesus, if it's just the confidence that you are enough to accomplish what you have started, God. And then lastly, Lord, I want to pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ who want to rededicate their home to you, that want to rededicate their family to you, that are ready to say that 2022 is going to be marked by your word, Lord, on your foundation, Lord. And I pray, Jesus, that you would bless every family in this sanctuary, God. I pray, God, that you would give them zeal to run this race that you have called us to in 2022. And in Jesus' mighty name, we pray together with a shout of victory. Amen. Amen, guys. I love you all so much. And I pray that you guys have a blessed 2022. All right, let's give it one more time for Pastor Raquel and the word that God has put on her heart. You know, I I was uh, able to listen for all three services. and And I've also been able to call her my best friend for the past 10, 11 years. And to see how God has changed her life and, and how she's lived this out lets me know that it'll work for us too. And so, before we get into communion time, a while ago, Pastor talked about Truly Free. And I'm going to have my brother and sister, Miss Myra and Brother Laz, can you come up here and help me real quick? I'm going to give you all each a book. And here's what I want to do. It's been put on our pastor's heart to do this study truly free. It's from Pastor Robert Morris in Gateway in, in Dallas. And I don't know what everybody's going through. I know what I go through. And if it's half of, if this book speaks to half of what I go through, that's a victory. Okay? And I believe it's going to be a victory for y'all. And so I want to bless one of my FCM brothers and one of my FCM sisters. So brother Laz, we're going to see which brother wants a book. Okay. And then the sisters the same way. So, but first, how many have actually signed up for the class? It's okay. If you haven't, it's cool. Okay. And somebody, yeah, it's great. And how many want to sign up, need to sign up? Or you're maybe on the fence and you're like, man, that's every Tuesday or every Wednesday for six weeks. There's a reason it's going to be uncomfortable, right? And like Pastor Raquel was talking about complaining and, and maybe we need to move some stuff out of our lives. It's going to hurt. Maybe it's some people, maybe it's some things, not mentioning cell phones, but maybe we need to move this out of our life and make room for this. You know, maybe... Maybe God's saying, you know what, on Tuesday nights, you don't need to do that. I'm talking to my men here because I'm, I'm going to be tough on my men, okay? Because I challenge the men every single week of discipleship. 
I want to have more men than the women because the men are going to lead the charge, right? The men are going to, to help plant our foundation, but maybe we need to move that, that thing, right? Brother Laz, we need to move it like you challenge the teenagers. We got to move that thing out of the way so that we can, we can kneel right down here like this and we can open up this. And it's been put on our pastor's heart to have truly free. It doesn't have to be from drugs, alcohol, all that. Maybe it's freedom from Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Maybe it's freedom from the news. Maybe it's freedom from the weather app because they can't seem to get it right when it's like 100 miles an hour wind out of the north and it's cold. I'm like, I live in Texas. It's not supposed to happen. But that freedom has been placed right here. And we can be free. And this book is just another guide that that God has given us to speak through one of our brothers. Another great pastor. So, guys, who wants a book? Right there, I saw, okay. And y'all go in the back and I'll get y'all a book too. Our sisters want one. So for my guys in the back, come after the Connection Center, and we're going to get you a book. Okay? This, this study is so impactful, like all of our other studies, that I truly, truly believe that if it doesn't speak to you, you're going to be given a divine appointment over this next six weeks to speak that into somebody. And it may be the person that cuts you off at the H-E-B parking lot. You might be like, oh, they took my spot. You know what? I challenge you to park at the very beginning, right when you pull in, park right there. So that way, when you're walking by somebody that's putting groceries in their car, you can invite them to church. Maybe you can pray over them when you're, when you're walking by them. Okay? Invite them to our study. It's going to be great. It's going to be impactful. We're going to have food on these kickoff nights. So don't worry. Come hungry. I don't know what Miss Paula and her team are cooking, but they're going to be cooking something. So I'm skipping lunch both days so I can fill up that night. Okay. But as we get into communion time, you know, I, uh, I said this in all of our other services and I, uh, I was kind of challenged with, I challenged myself yesterday as I was talking to Pastor Raquel, we were talking, you know, how the service was going to go and stuff like that. And I had this communion cup because I always put pastor stuff up here and I somehow had a leftover communion cup in my pocket. And I was like, this little cup, like plastic, it's a really big pain to like peel this top layer off and not do this and spill it, right? And I get, I get frustrated and I know, I know my brother over here gets frustrated too when we come in here during the week and I'm like, somebody spilled communion again, I got to clean it up, you know. It, it it hits me wrong, and I complain, like Pastor Raquel was talking about. But I forget that this little wafer that doesn't have very good flavor represents something. Actually, it represents a lot. And I think we forget that representation and how, oh, it's such a pain to open this, or, oh, I forgot it before I came in. And sometimes it hurts opening this thing up because you done ripped your nail off and this and that. And sometimes we, 
We even don't want to worship, right? We don't want to just say, God, I'm right here, just as our worship song said today. And so I challenge you to look at this, look at this little wafer and look at this cup right here. This cup is filled with juice, okay? But I want you to really, before we partake, look at it and, and ask yourself what this means to you. What does the body of Christ mean to you? What does that blood of Christ right there mean to you? It may look different. I know I was reminded today that I've been battling this shoulder injury and been in therapy and therapy hurts, right? Well, today I was like, you know what? I'm just going to worship with all my heart. And I lift my arms up and I'm like, oh, that's not good, right? And God was reminding me, remember this body right here and this blood? You remember when it was on that cross? How bad it hurt my arms? How bad it stung when that blood was coming out? I was like, you know what, God? This tastes great. I love this. I had a whole different mindset about communion. And it's something little. And I think sometimes we have to remind ourselves. You know. There's no words that can describe this. But as we partake this morning. You know, this is, Pastor always says this is his favorite service. Don't tell first or second service. But I think, as Pastor Raquel made an invitation, maybe you need, you need to hear the salvation message. So with every, you know what, we're not going to bow any heads because we're in this together. You're my brothers and my sisters and there's no judgment here. If you need to accept Jesus, I just want you to raise your hand. If you need, if you need help, and you know what? I failed this week. I got mad at that person that cut me off at HEB, you know? And I kind of took a step back, and it hurt. And I got mad. It's okay. We're here for you. So, Father God, you see these hands. You see these souls. You see these hearts that are before you, Lord. And Father God, as we were reminded that this wafer represents your body that you've given for us, Lord. Father God, we ask that you heal our body in which you've given us, Lord. Heal us from sickness, from pain, from suffering, Lord. From any burdens, from any, anything that's holding us back from being truly free, Lord. Challenge us to go deeper into your word, deeper into your presence, deeper into your worship, Lord. And Father God, just let everything that we do from here on out be for your glory. Blessing your children, your kingdom. And when people see us walking down the street, walking down the road, whatever it might be, walking in the grocery store or walking into church, Lord, they know that we are yours, Lord. Give us those divine appointments to, to share the love of Jesus with others. Give us the divine appointments to, to say, you know what, this little, let me tell you about this little wafer. His name might seem like a wafer, but it means so much more. And so, Father God, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you.
And it's in your son's precious name we pray. Amen. Let's partake. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood, for your love, for your grace, for your mercy and everything. Amen. Well, thank you all, church. I hope you all were blessed today. Men, Tuesday night. Women, Wednesday night. Make sure you sign up. Those of you, I need to get you all some books. Stop by the Connection Center. See you all this week.